Welcome to Coffee with April. What you're about to listen to is the audio recording of our April video content. We're bringing this to you in audio form to make sure you can take it with you wherever you go. For the full video, please visit our YouTube channel, Coffee with April. Thank you. Welcome back for another episode of Coffee with April. And this time we're going to talk about coffee brewing because we got a question from one of you guys asking um, to give us our opinions and perspective on coffee bed when brewing uh, and also talk a bit about over and under extraction. And don't worry, we're going to walk you through all of the steps here. Um, I am going to mention that we have a construction site next door today, so we might be a bit noisy at some parts of this video. I apologize for that, but let's push through with this anyway, right? So coffee brewing, and I'm going to start by generalizing. I'm going to start by looking at a bigger picture here because there's a lot of things that goes into this that are really important uh, to kind of think about. But as the first question is, so small or big coffee bed, um, I'm going to kind of try to answer that directly. So uh, you can use a lot of different manual brewers. Uh, this can for sure um, turn over into some kind of you know, interesting approach for batch boost as well. But let's keep it on manual brewing because that's what the question was about as well. So here we have um, a cone brewer, could be a V60 for example. Here we have a flatbed brewer, could be a Kalita or the April brewer for example. And what I want to talk about here is, first of all, one, how are we brewing? How, how am I brewing? And what are the kind of reasons behind that? So one thing we need to take into consideration when we're brewing is that the majority of the extraction will always happen in the first minute or so of the brewing, right? So let's say you brew very long, three, four, five, six minutes, then what actually happens after one and a half minute has very little impact in relationship to the first part of the brew. Not saying that the later part of the brew is not important, but the most important part is the first part of the brew. And for me, what becomes really interesting there is how fast and how evenly can I saturate basically meaning making all of that coffee wet at the same time, especially when we compete, for example, in brewers. What we wanna do is we're gonna brew three coffees more or less at the same time, and the judges will taste it and evaluate on consistency as well. And to be able to be consistent there, I need to make sure that all of that coffee gets evenly wet directly. So in my world, that basically means that a lower amount of coffee in the filter is gonna help you do that more efficient. It kind of goes without saying, if you have a smaller amount of coffee, it's less coffee you need to pour water on, right? Uh, if you have a higher amount of coffee, let's say 30 grams or more in the filter, there's more coffee, then that means you have more water that needs to go through on that coffee. That means you can have a really thick layer of coffee and it's hard for the water to saturate that properly and evenly at the same time. Which is why, for example, we see some people stirring versus not stirring. For the sake of the argument, I'm not stirring when I'm brewing the coffee. Have I done that? Absolutely. Uh, have I stopped doing that? Yes, I have. The main reason for stopping was uh, a discussion I had together with uh, Tetsu, um, World Brewers Champion, discussing how, how beautiful it was when brewing and also how efficient that is on, on extraction as well. And I think the result was that it actually didn't have the impact that we were looking for, not saying it doesn't have an impact. But the key thing here in the way that I'm brewing these days is mainly 12 gram doses, um, almost continuously. If I want to brew a higher volume of coffee, I brew more at the same time. So I can brew three, four, five brews at the same time, and then I just pour them over in one server and basically serve it. But the reason for that is that I feel like I get a more uniform 
cup experience and taste experience, which for me is the most important part. And that's why I tend to always prefer a flatbed brewer because a flatbed brewer is, has a wider bottom, more surface area for the coffee bed, which means that when I'm pouring my water on that coffee, those particles are gonna be more evenly and faster evenly wet than in a cone filter, right? Because whether you like it or not, the surface area is smaller on a smaller dose, on a bigger as well, and um, it's gonna be a much thicker dry dose, right? So what's happening is that it will take longer time for the water to go through here than to go through here, right? And I sincerely believe that those first kind of seconds of your brew is so important. Another tip in terms of what I'm doing here to be able to make that uh, as efficient as possible is, is that I pour a really high amount of water in my first pour. Now traditionally, there's a lot of people arguing that your water, your initial water pour should be about 2.5 or three or whatever of your dry dose. And they basically argue that that's because that's about the amount of water the coffee can retain in the first pour. So the argument here is that if I pour more water on that, it's just gonna splash through and, and have a not so tasty coffee. Um, I sincerely don't agree with that. I do always, when working with a 14 gram dose or 12 gram dose, I do continuously these days, either a 50 gram initial pour or a 100 gram initial pour. That's gonna be super aggressive. That's gonna be done within 10 seconds, regardless of if it's 50 or 100 grams of water. And the sole purpose of that is to make sure that all of that coffee gets wet almost at the same time. Because I believe that's so important. And what happens is that it increases the sweetness and just the uniformity of taste within the cups because we started the process more or less continuously. And then I can wait, sometimes I'll wait for over one minute for the second or third pour, right? There's no rush here. Um, so what do I recommend in terms of having how much dose or how much coffee you want in the filter? Well, I'm gonna recommend have the smallest possible because I think that's more continuous, that's more consistent. Then, I mean, if you wanna make a bigger brew, larger brew, you brew for more people at home or in your coffee shop, I would say brew several ones at the same time. Um, moving on here, also interesting parts to talk about. We always or often end up in discussions about flow rate. And flow rate was not within the initial question, but it's a really interesting topic, so let's talk about it. And it's important to understand that when I talk about coffee brewing, I always do that from a perspective of the roasted coffee, which I think is the variable that most people are missing again and again and again when it comes to coffee brewing, meaning how the coffee is roasted is a huge factor in how that coffee should be brewed. In general, and again, I hate generalizing, but let's do it. If we wanna do that, I'm gonna say that a lighter roasted coffee has a slower flow rate than a darker roasted coffee, right? Most likely because a lighter roasted coffee has more in it to have a higher resistance uh, and to obtain more water. So if you, for example, take a light roasted coffee, a darker roasted coffee, same dose, same brewing approach, and you pour 200 grams of water on each, you're gonna see that you have more retention in the light roasted. So you're gonna have more beverage weight in the darker roasted than in the light roasted. Which is, for example, if you wanna use the, the refractometers, I don't use refractometers, uh, but if you want to, then you need to always calculate the beverage weight, right? Because the way that the application is set is based on a much more traditional, darker American style roasted coffee. So that their basically beverage weight in relationship to your dose and brewing water is not always uh, the same as you actually are getting, especially if you're brewing with a lighter roasted coffee. 
So, so keep this in mind. Um, I have a tendency to, when I work with very, very light roasted coffees, I have a tendency to brew much, much, much longer because I feel you can keep the cleanness and you have a really kind of interesting body coming out of that. For example, when I was, was brewing in Boston for the World Championship, we were up above three minutes, uh, which is a longer contact time, which has really kind of increased this quality of body and allowed me to have a much lighter body, higher transparency, but a much, much higher quality, right? Um, grind size, obviously really important. We know that, right? Grind very fine and the flow rate will be different. Grind very coarse and the flow rate will be different. I'm gonna kind of, it's not a grinding video this, so I'm not gonna leave that for now, but have that in mind when you're brewing. Um, I know some people are, of you are gonna ask, so let's just go through it. On a Comandante, we're gonna be almost exclusively on all of our brews. We're gonna be somewhere around 30, 34 clicks, more or less. Sometimes we go down to about 27, 28, but not much lower than that. Um, pouring has a huge impact as well. Am I pouring slow? Do I have a restricted flow rate in my kettle, for example? Or am I pouring fast? I'm a big believer in pouring fast. I believe that creates more interesting flavor notes. Uh, I believe that to some degree that increases the uniformity in extraction as well. Um, so that's why I'm always pouring all of my pours within 10 seconds, almost regardless of how much water I'm pouring. Now, visual cues, which I think is super interesting. That's something we have discussed um, over many years and something that uh, it's the same with roasting. For me, it becomes ridiculous when we're roasting based on on a line, I'm trying to be some kind of painters more than actually understanding what's happening when I'm roasting versus also then brewing. One of the things we discuss a lot is that how should this coffee bed look after we're done brewing, right? And I would argue that the common kind of modern approach would be that this should be a flat bed, right? Which almost everyone says. Um, which, which is a really interesting argument because it's actually super easy to make the bed flat, right? That's why, for example, some people are spinning the, the filter in the end or they're stirring or they're tapping or whatever they do, and they actually end up with a really, really flat bed, which is cool. But again, going back to what I said earlier in the video, most of the brewing is already done, right? So one can argue that the last kind of things that you're doing are perhaps not that interesting. So the question here is, you know, do you need to do it? Is it really important? And I mean, if you're, let's say you're brewing, let's say you're pouring the center, the whole brew, you're inevitably gonna end up with some kind of um, inverted volcano here, right? With a big hole in your coffee bag. And then when you're done with your last pour, you just shake the filter a bit and you're gonna see that the coffee beds are even. Does that make your, the whole extraction more uniform? No, it doesn't, right? Because most of the extraction is already done. So. That's really something you have to keep in mind uh, when it comes to coffee brewing. Uh, less visual cues, more tasting, more testing, more seeing what is actually um, going on and happening. Now, we always kind of talk about uniformity extraction. We talk about under extraction. We talked about uh, over distraction, which is in this original question as well. And I think that gets really confusing. I mean, first of all, um, we're not working with um, the SCA scale anymore in terms of you know uh, using a rough octometer, uh, having a higher lower TDS or, or, or higher shorter extraction. I think that's an extremely old school way to look at coffee brewing. I think we're way better than that now. I think that what a lot of people uh, would argue is an over extraction or a lower extraction from a brewing perspective is 90% 
is a roast issue, that the brewer just don't understand it's a roast issue, right? They actually believe it's their brewing, but it, it's not. I mean, then you have some really, you know, obvious things going on where someone is, is maybe brewing a very, very strong brew or brewing a very, very light brew, and therefore the coffee doesn't really shine. So do I believe that there's rooms within extractions that doesn't taste very good? Sure. Um, do I believe that what we traditionally call over and under extraction is always a negative thing? No, I don't. Um, we've seen that in a lot of different cases and a lot of different kind of factors now, right? But I think that the fundamental flaw with the um, refractometer is that there's so many variables going into actually doing a proper measurement of that, right? So uh, the refractometer is based on how many solubles to have in your coffee. But the amount of solubles you will have, it's not going to be uniform in one cup of coffee. It depends on the amount of turbulence. Uh, me just standing with a cup of coffee here is going to change. So if I take my sample in different spots, I'm going to get different readings. Uh, so it's just a flawed way of, of measuring. It's probably the best we have. But whenever you want to rely on numbers in terms of coffee brewing or coffee roasting, you need to make sure that those numbers to some degree are very accurate, right? Um, so extraction uniformity, is that even possible? I don't think it is. I mean, I don't necessarily think we actually can extract something 100% uniform, uh, at least not with the methods we have today on a daily basis. There's too many variables going into that, especially factoring in the coffee roasting. It's not 100% uniform, so if what you're brewing is not 100% uniform to begin with, how are you then supposed to make that uniform uh, in, in your final cup in terms of extraction? I mean, that doesn't really make much sense. Um, flatbed versus not flatbed, we kind of discussed that already, right? I mean, I always recommend a smaller dose of coffee. Um, I always recommend pouring a lot of water in the initial pour, often 50 or 100 grams. Do that quick within 10 seconds. You can let that rest for as long as you want to. Um, is it better to have a higher amount of water in your filter when brewing versus a lower amount of filter? So in the question was also, why do some people let the water go through the coffee bed and then you pour again? And why do some people don't do that? Personally, when I brew, um, I'm realizing more and more it doesn't make that much of a difference. Um, people argue it's a bit big of a temperature difference. Sure, they are to some degree, but again, the majority of your extractants already happened. Um, at least for me, when I poured this 50, 100 grams very quickly in the beginning, right? So I have to worry less about it. What I can say is that if you work with a very fine grind size or a finer grind size and you want a faster flow rate, then having a higher water level in the filter is gonna help you with that. Now, if you work with a very coarse grind size and you're inevitably gonna have a fast flow rate and you want that brew time to be longer, then you wanna pour multiple pours and you can let that water go through, which is, for example, what I did in the World Championship. So there's no really right or wrongs here, it's just understanding the function of it. And I think if you go back as a brewer, starting to realize the coffee roasting aspect of it, then your brewing by itself is gonna be a lot more uniform. Now, it's a lot more to take here, but I know I've already kind of missed a step with the question, but again, I hope we at least partially answered your question, right? And the, the pitch here is that brew smaller brews with less amount of coffees, pour a crazy amount of water initially. Um, don't worry so much about the visual cues, worry a lot more about understanding the roasted coffee that you're brewing with. Now, we'll do a lot more of these brewing videos, and again, I'm apologizing for the background noise. I know it's not amazing, but that's how it is today. Um, as always, thank you guys for watching. Assuming we have a bunch of questions, and you're more than welcome to write them down here. Thank you. From us here at April, thank you for listening. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thank you.